Welcome to the Wheel of Sport, home of the greatest sports stories ever told. My name's Ian McNally and with me is... Matt Lavery, Matt Lavery from sunny Edinburgh. How's it going? Yeah, very well, Matt. Uh, let's get the wheel spinning, yeah? Yeah, off it goes. Now, we've had so many brilliant topics recently. I'm uh, very excited about today. Who knows what the wheel will throw up and the topic for this episode. What is it, Matt? Oh, mate, it's two tribes. We haven't had too many of these. Oh, yeah. These rivalries, maybe age-old rivalries that uh, people have got a bit of a beef to settle, perhaps. And uh, I'm going to take this one, Matt. And yeah, go ahead. I'm going to go to all... You know how I love my history. You know uh, I love to take you a long take way back. back. I'm going to take you all the way back to 2018. Okay. Uh, back, <laughs> back to uh, the Commonwealth Games... So right. the Commonwealth Games is basically like um, it's like the, a sports day where all the all the fastest and best kids have like been uh, sick, <laughs> so- and so they're not there. So the rest of the school get a chance. This is their moment to shine. <laughs> it's basically nice. without America, <laughs> China, and, and Russia, and China stealing all the limelight. So. Yeah. Um, as you know, Matt, there's just over 50 countries in the Commonwealth as, as we record, and uh, they are all eligible to um, take part in these games that take place every four years, and they take place right in between the Olympic cycle. So 2018, we're in Australia. Not anywhere in Australia, but the Gold Coast. All right. Now, what do you think of when you think of the Gold Coast, Matt? Well, lovely, lovely beaches, nice weather, retirement. Yeah, retirement, yeah. And uh, they also have these, uh, it's famous for having these uh, meter maids who are bikini-clad women who walk around topping up people's parking meters so that they don't get fined. Oh, wow. Have you, have you heard about this? <laughs> no. That sounds so, great. Yeah, I mean, it, it sounds great, but... Until you actually realise that it actually happens. And uh, <laughs> you think, maybe I am going back in time. That's a bit of uh, the patriarchy right there. But cer- certainly, you know, generosity of spirit to top of people's parking meters. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, you fo- try to focus on the good in people, certainly. So, And we're going to focus on the good here because we are looking at the sport of netball. Oh, yes. Now, netball, Matt was a sport denied to me. I don't know about you, but certainly in school, we were not allowed to play netball. Because you're you're male? Because I'm male, yeah. Yeah, so in my school, um, I actually, in the primary school, I actually played netball. Uh, There was, I think, three lads on the team. I was one of them. Um, But some schools wouldn't allow us to play um, for for that reason, so... We, oh, so uh, when you when you had the inter school like games, yeah, you some, had to sit some, out. Some, te- some teams wouldn't let us play because we were boys, um, and other teams other teams would. Wow, that's it, and it, it is a very female dominated sport. I mean, it's it actually was netball was born out of um, basketball, um, and basketball was born out of a way to to get um, people playing indoor sport. But they found that if you just had like a target or a goal at the end, 
there, there was way too many injuries because people were going hell for leather. But by putting uh, the target up high and having to throw a ball into a basket or a hoop, um, then it really slowed the game down a little around the most um, you know crucial area of the sport. So it's quite a smart way to actually avoid injuries within the indoor setting. And yeah, netball. Yeah, netball kind of came out as a as a female alternative to basketball um, and kind of has remained. So it's actually the only female um, only sport in the Commonwealth Games. So every other sport, you know, anybody can join in except for netball uh, where there is no male version um, played. Wow. Now, netball takes place. It's 60 minutes. It's in four 15-minute quarters the rings at the end of each court are 305 centimeters off the ground, so it's pretty high up. Like, if you do, you remember? Have you stood underneath a netball hoop oh, yeah. ring recently? Well, not recently. But... <laughs> I'm putting you under pressure here, <laughs> but it's actually quite daunting. There is a netball outdoor netball court near me, and it. it it's and also there's no backboard. I was going to say that's the hardest part. There's no backboard, so you've got to really get it in. Yeah, and obviously you've got certain advantages because um, there's a crucial rule in netball, which is the obstruction rule, and that means that you can't uh, be within three feet of the player with the ball. So that is ninety centimeters, and you can't mm. be in in that space. Um, either on purpose or accidentally it's a infringement against you if you don't get out of that space you know if you if you infringe so that's a really crucial thing but it does allow players in that um in the semicircle to really have a bit of space and time there to shoot back to the gold coast commonwealth games uh the qualifiers for netball in the commonwealth games in 2018 were england wales northern ireland and scotland South Africa, Uganda, Malawi, Jamaica, Barbados, Fiji, and then the two best netball teams in the world, Australia and New Zealand. They're the only teams who have qualified. And to put this in context, Matt, two tribes, we're going to focus on England, Australia. Now, England coming into this tournament have never beaten Australia in any major tournaments in netball in their history. The first international netball uh, match was in 1947. So it gives you an idea that for the best part of uh, 70 years, England have been trying to beat Australia, but have not found this possible. To add that into another context as well, Matt, Australia are the dominant force in the Commonwealth Games. They have won three out of the last five gold medals. And the the two years that they didn't win the gold, which was in Melbourne 2006 and Delhi 2010, they won silver. Right. <laughs> so, so, and, they, and New Zealand won the gold then. And when Australia won the gold, New Zealand won the silver. Yeah, now, so these two dominate. Incredible. Now, the bronze medal is interesting because... There's only two countries who've shared the last five bronze medals, England and Jamaica. Right. There's a bit of two tribes going on here as well between England and Jamaica because 
in 2014, England and Jamaica met uh, to play off for the bronze medal. And the score, Matt, was 52-54 in favour of Jamaica. Right. And so they have just squeezed England out of the medal places when England were set to win their third consecutive bronze medal. Now, in the 2018 Commonwealth Games, everything is going very swimmingly for England and Australia. In Mm. fact, Australia are doing so well uh, they are absolutely smashing teams. Like they are, they are just. It's a walkover. The first game, ninety-four points to twenty-six against Northern Ireland, seventy-nine points against twenty-four against Barbados. They oh, wow. are just slamming it. Australia, sixty points to thirty-eight against South Africa. It just goes on. They're doing so well, and England are doing pretty well. They finished top of their group as well. Played five, won five. They've got a goal difference of a plus 140, so they are doing very well. But Australia have a goal difference of plus 251, <laughs> so oh, it, it gives you some idea. And Australia have a player called Caitlin Thwaites, and Thwaites, as you know, Matt, is a very good brewery in the in the UK. But Thwaites here is uh, is not pint size. She is. A tower. Her attempts on goal in the first match, 39 attempts on goal, 39 goals. Oh, sick. Se- second match, 15 attempts on goal, 15 goals. Nice. <laughs> Third match, 22 attempts, 22 goals. Goodness me. <laughs> so That's amazing. An, a- an absolute machine. She shoots, she scores. Australia get into the semi-final after winning their group. They get into the semi-final and they play their old adversary, New Zealand. They've been playing in the heats in the Gold Coast Convention Centre, which holds about 5,000 people. And now they've moved into the Kumera Indoor Sports Centre, which sounds worse, but does hold 7,500. So (laughs) the atmosphere in these indoor stadiums, just superb. 7,500 people, the court, the noise, everyone's close together. And Thwaites, 25 attempts on goal, Matt. 24. 25. She's let the side down. Oh, 24. Oh, no. A 96% conversion rate. But Australia beat New Zealand 65 goals to 44. So they are absolutely firing. Now, England have also reached the semi final, but they're up against their old adversary, Jamaica. Jamaica. Oh, couldn't write it. These are the two sides that have really fought over the bronze medal. So. This is a really tasty game. It's played actually in the afternoon of the Australia-New Zealand game as well in the same stadium. So it it kicks off at three o'clock and Australia-New Zealand is at five o'clock. So first off, Matt, what an afternoon of sport that is. Yes. I I presume you could... Yeah, I could presume you could just pay your ticket and just sit and stay there for the whole day. It'd be excellent. But in, in this game, England are doing pretty well, but you, they cannot shake Jamaica off. In fact, with two and a half minutes left of this game, Matt, England find themselves two goals clear, 54 points to 52. That's with two and a half minutes left. 
with 30 seconds of the match left. It's 55 all. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Nail bite and stuff. Absolutely dreadful for the nerves. And <laughs> it's it's unbelievable. What happens with just a handful of seconds left? One of the England players, Housby, gets the ball. And like I was saying about the obstruction rule, she, she gets the ball in the semicircle. She's just about to shoot for goal. And she's got a bit of clear space. You can see she takes a small moment. She throws the ball. It bounces on the ring and drops out. And the crowd cannot believe this. Housby, who's generally a reliable player, she's choked. She's missed. There is just one second left on the clock. Thankfully, her colleague, Horton, as the ball bounces out, she's first to grab the ball and is able to drop it into the ring and England win by one goal with literally the last throw. Like, when that ball goes in, I paused the video and the clock reads 0.01. England, 56 goals to 55. And England are through to the netball final. No more bronze medals, Matt, for England. They are going to go away with a silver medal. Fantastic. They've got the silver medal in the back. No, no. That's it. (laughs) Australia. Have you been listening? (laughs) (laughs) Australia are absolutely... Like, they've just beaten New Zealand 64 goals to 44. Yeah, okay. In the semi-final. Thwaites has a conversion rate of 96%. Bassett, 94%. Petit, 94%. They're absolutely killing it. England... Their conversion rate for their players, Howsby, 83%, Harton, 89%, Haythorn, Thwaite, 85%. You know, we can't compare to Australia. Australia are on a different level, a different plane. However, the final has got to be played. The bronze medal match is played between New Zealand and Jamaica. Jamaica take the bronze 60 60 goals to 55 against New Zealand. Poor New Zealand out of the medals for the first time. And the gold medal match is taking place 1 o'clock on the 15th of April 2018 in the Kumera Indoor Sports Centre. And here we're going to see Australia win another gold on home soil on the Gold Coast, happy, happy days. So, but anything can happen. <laughs> I wasn't. I actually, Matt. I wasn't actually going to watch it. I was just going to end the podcast there because I thought this is a foregone conclusion. So, let's not let's not bother with the hard work. But I thought, you know, just out of I would like to see Australia win. Obviously, I'm living in Australia. It's uh, it's good. I mean, you've lived in Australia as well. Give us a sense of like the the rivalry you know that exists, like the the Australian England rivalry. Oh, it's it's amazing, isn't it? It's one of the best things in sport for me. Uh, it's, I mean, it's always pretty good natured, but uh, yeah, there's a lot of 
banter, I think they call it, <laughs> getting getting thrown both ways. I think what's interesting to me is like I, I've I've never really got into cricket, never really watched it, and the amount of Australian people who are desperate for me to be into cricket just so they can abuse me. <laughs> it's, it's like they're so disappointed when as I'm like, oh, I don't know too much about it. <laughs> that, that they can't have a, a a to and fro and a tussle with me over over the uh but i think it matters more in australia doesn't it in england we probably don't have so much of a sense um of it unless there's a major sporting event like the ashes or something happening yeah but my goodness it does matter to the australians to uh to beat the mother country and uh in the commonwealth games i mean what better stage so Australia are all set up for this and what a team they have as well. This is a team uh, that is so well adapted to winning gold medals and Australia has one of the most developed, uh, if not the most developed professional network, uh, professional netball scenes in the world. And actually, here's an interesting thing, Matt, about this English team, the minnows against Australia, because... This English team, they've got some intel, they've got some inside knowledge because eight of this England team have had experience playing in Australia. All right. Some of them are playing in Australia as this game is taking place, they're signed with Australian teams. Mm-hmm. There is a little bit of uh, inside knowledge, a little bit of intel, a little bit of um, possible rivalries within uh, the club itself, even one of the players uh, players for England was actually born in Australia, but defected. They actually won a world championship with Australia in 2011 and defected to England. So that wow. definitely adds a bit of spice in the mix in this two tribes. All of these uh, little things make a, a fine recipe. I don't want to mislead anybody because this England team, I'm kind of playing them down, but there's a lot of medal winners in that team, some very, very experienced um, players, and they're managed by Tracy Neville. Now, Tracy Neville is the sister of Phil and Gary Neville, the who played, who played for Manchester United, amongst others, and uh, and England internationally, um, yes, yeah, as, as uh, soccer ball players, and so. The sporting pedigree of this family is very present. So she's head coach at the time. And England have had this strategy of winning gold. They they called it like this. Uh, they've had this like military precision plan, which runs to the fact that they had all the different scenarios for the weeks after the Commonwealth Games, down to the fact of whether they didn't win a medal won bronze, it'll be this plan. If they won silver, it'd be this plan. If they won gold, it'll be a different plan. Um, even to the fact that they any employees of Netball England would actually be uh, barred from having leave in the month following if they won gold, for example, <laughs> so that they could... What are they going to ca- do, though? What do you, I mean, after the tournament, what, what, could there be, what work is there to do? We'll talk a, a bit about that later because we've still got this match to play um, that Australia are going to win. And the match starts in uh, quite amazing fashion. I mean, by it's so intense and the, 
really interesting thing about these two sides, England and Australia, in their playing styles, they're actually very similar. You can see from as soon as that ball is live, the players are in each other's faces. There's players hitting the floor. There's players like really being really physical and aggressive. And there's no space on this court. They're really pushing it, pushing it right to the limit. And what's really interesting is that England are able to nullify the biggest threats in the Australian team by just employing some really aggressive and really vigilant goal defence. And after the second quarter, the game is all square, 25 goals each. And you can't, cannot put a cigarette paper between these two teams. After the third quarter, Matt, Australia are in the lead, but only by one goal, 37 right. goals to 36. It's so tight. Australia, this is the biggest challenge they faced in a whole of the games, even when they played New Zealand. I mean, the scoreline, 65 to 44, it's just night and day. Here is their biggest test and biggest challenge. But bear in mind, England have played the day before a grueling match against Jamaica, 56-55. It's quite extraordinary that England are still in this game. Let's fast forward, Matt. There's two minutes, 20 seconds left of this match. The score, 50 goals to Australia, 50 goals to England. With two minutes, 20 seconds left. Now, this game, one of the beauties about netball is that it's 60 minutes long and that it's 15-minute quarters because... That just makes for such an intense game and a game that doesn't really tail off because the players, although they're getting a bit fatigued and a bit tired, it doesn't show because there's nowhere to go. The court's small, there's seven players on each team and it is still ferocious. Guthrie, with one minute and 45 seconds left on the clock, one of England's star players, Guthrie, She's injured. She hobbles off. Clark, who's England's most capped player, comes on to replace. With 90 seconds left, Australia have the ball. They take advantage of this English change. Wood has the ball. And again, it hits the ring and drops out. England score. It's 50-51 England's way. And there is 20 seconds left on the clock. If you want to win a gold medal, you keep your heads in this moment. Who wants it? Who wants the big occasion? Who wants the gold? No, that's not going to draw. It will fall into Australian hands. The Australian captain, Bassett, manages to score a goal. 20 seconds to go, Matt. It's 51. 51. These two tribes could not be more at war right now. It is home soil. In the Gold Coast, 7,500 people going absolutely wild. Obviously, you've got a massive home contingent, but due to the amount of English people who live in Australia as well, they've got everybody's just screaming. You can hear the atmosphere just absolutely raucous. And Australia have just levelled the game 51 all. This game's going into extra time, Matt. Surely England cannot let Australia in and have momentum and score one in the last 20 seconds. But five seconds to go, Matt. 
Joe Horton. Well, England in this tournament scored 450 goals. Joe Horton scored 202 of those goals, Matt. Amazing. So Horton has the ball in a goal-scoring opportunity. She throws the ball across. 15 seconds. Hunt for the ball. Don't give it up. Put it in. Go for the money shot. Joe Horton. And completely misses the ring. Oh, no. Completely misses it. It actually goes over the top. And it doesn't even hit the ring. It doesn't even go near the ring. It's obviously the pressure of the moment. With five seconds to go, she's in this golden opportunity to win England's first gold medal in netball ever. And she's missed it. However, do you remember Howsby who choked against Jamaica? Oh, yes. Um, and it hit the ball hit the ring. And it went around and fell out. Thankfully, a, a, a colleague saved her and England won by one goal. <laughs> Halsby, she manages to save the ball from going out of play on the other side of the ring. And she's got a free shot. Oh, wow. She's about a metre and a half, two metres away from the ring. Like, this is a shot. You're making every day of the week. However, Matt, it's not every day of the week. It's the 15th of April, 2018. (laughs) (laughs) It's two tribes. There is three seconds left on the clock, Matt. Howsby throws the ball up gently and it hits the ring, spins around. Helen Howsby! And falls out. Oh no! <laughs> Killing us. It's fifty-one, fifty-one, and the final whistle is about to blow. However, do you remember that obstruction rule I told you about at the start, Matt? Yeah. <laughs> One of the Australian players was closer than ninety centimeters to Housby when she had that shot. And so the umpire behind a goal blows his whistle and signals that there was an infringement and Halsby gets to take that shot again, Matt. Great umpiring to, to make that call. Three seconds remain. Oh, you want to see the... Like, I was fixated. I watched it about four or five times just to see the umpire because obviously this is like the gold medal match, like the high-pressure... The the guy like looks like he's uh, just you know at the park on a Sunday or something. He's like could not be bothered. He just gives the infringement like it's the start of the game or the end. It doesn't really matter to him. Wow! Amazing. Very very professional. Howsby gets this shot again. Now bearing in mind, I mean it's probably a bit unfair of me to say that she choked against Jamaica. You know it's it's one of those things. She did score twenty nine goals in that game. <laughs> So, so it's probably a bit unfair to say that she choked and that she's missed this other shot, which is a golden opportunity. But she has this last shot and there is literally one second on the clock and she manages to drop that ball in the ring. They have snatched 
the gold medal from Australia. They have taken it. They have taken it. Oh, you beauty. It is just stunning. And I think the two tribes, quite amazing thing happens here, Matt, is that the noise in the stadium doesn't diminish it's almost like this is an amazing celebration of sport, despite these being two adversaries and having this rivalry and being two tribes, that it's just an amazing victory for sport. I mean, this culmination of events and the closest finish you could ever wish to imagine has happened in front of your eyes. The England players just spin off the apps. They cannot believe what's happened. The Australians, understandably devastated, but about a minute after the celebrations, the Australian team and the English team are in a huddle together singing a song. What? Wow. I know. And then it's re- it's weird because like they all get together, they do like some chant and then they all go back to, you know, England go back to celebrating Australia. <laughs> so, but quite amazing that that happens. Yeah. You know, given I'm... the emotion and the everything around this amazing like game wow. and it's a, this is the biggest game in netball because netball isn't in the olympics it's never been an olympic sport it was on the shortlist to be in the tokyo games and didn't quite make it um and part of that is because it's not tr- a truly international sport in terms of you know for one of the reasons it got knocked back at tokyo is because they don't play in japan um mm. and so it has been a difficult sport to kind of bet in. But certainly in netball, the Commonwealth Games, this is the game. This, this is, the, is the amazing thing. And it's been talked about, you know, we spoke earlier about what could netball uh, England um, employees be doing in the month after. Well, one of their plans was if you win gold, nobody gets to take any leave for the month after. And he's saying, well, what are they doing? After... England won in this fashion, Matt. The the participation rate in netball in England went up by 130,000 people. Wow. They had over 2,000% increase in the amount of inquiries about how people could play netball and when the sessions were taking place. So they really knew that they had to capitalize on this. If they yeah. won gold, that they would have to make sure that they were... Um, you know, on Good Morning Britain, on the TV shows that they were right across all the media and also putting things in place that would ensure that netball would survive for the next few years. And and these amazing athletes who play netball internationally, they some of them are lucky enough to play in the Australian League or the English League, but some of them, you know, have normal jobs and there's very few people who actually uh, get paid uh, full time and get paid a, a wage that is anything close to what they possibly could earn, uh, you know, f- pursuing their own profession. So, Housby scored a goal which changed the sport. And although this is about England, Australia, two tribes, it actually changed netball in England forever. This goal, mm. so it's quite extraordinary uh, the impact um, of it. And I'd also like to say, Matt. A big shout out to Uganda, because Uganda, they qualified for the first time in this netball tournament. They finished sixth overall. That's pretty good going. 
It's amazing. They, that, was, that was ahead of Malawi, ahead of Scotland, Northern Ireland, Wales, Fiji, Barbados. So well played, Uganda. And I, I actually, I have no idea what the Ugandan netball scene is like, but I'm interested now. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> nice. Well, fair play. Yeah, so that is the story of two tribes. It kind of was England, Jamaica, but mainly Australia, England. And um, tease it up. If you're listening to this in uh, 2020, the next Commonwealth Games are 2022 in England. I believe they're in Birmingham. What a scene that will be for England defending their gold medal, potentially against Australia in the final again. That would be some scene. Oh, that would be brilliant. What an amazing story, Ian. Thank you so much. Uh, And thank you very much to all our listeners uh, around the world. Uh, Please do get in touch with the show. You can email us at thewheelofsport at gmail.com or get in touch on Twitter or Instagram at thewheelofsport. Amazing. Thanks so much, Matt. I'm going to go and look up the highlights from 2018. (laughs) I'm going to see how I can get my ring over three metres in the air. No, I won't put that in. (laughs) I mean, you definitely should. That's great. Oh, dear. Love it. Um, Nice one, mate. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, mate. (laughs) They have taken the gold from Australia in a Commonwealth Games in Australia. This, This has just shaken the world of netball.